boy, do I have a treat for you today. I have Jordan Rayner on the podcast. Squeal! I'm so excited because this is somebody that I personally follow, somebody who I believe really stands in this entrepreneurial space with truth, with conviction. He is so purposeful. He does not mince words. And I absolutely love the message and the mission that Jordan stands for. You guys are so going to be blessed today through his interview. So Jordan is a leading voice in the faith and work movement, really looking at how work is biblical, how work does glorify God, and how we should be excited about doing our best and working as hard as we possibly can with God, for God, in whatever it is that we're called to do, whether it be something that is quote unquote secular, like a day job, whatever it is that you might be doing, or whether it's in your podcast, your online business, it doesn't matter. And I think that's the beautiful message that he brings today through this interview. He has a lot of incredible best-selling books, The Creator in You, Redeeming Your Time, Master of One, Called to Create. Ooh, Called to Create is so good, you guys. Mere Christians is his podcast, which I'm super excited to be going on in the next couple of months. So have your eyes peeled for that. And his weekly devotionals, one of which I'm absolutely loving, called The Word Before Work. And Jordan has helped millions of Christians in every country on earth connect the gospel to their work. Incredible. Jordan is also a dad and he is a husband and he lives in Tampa. So you guys just get some coffee, some green juice, go get some tea. Like this is something that you're going to need to take a couple pages of notes, revisit, listen to a couple times because the wisdom that this man drops in today's conversation is something that I think you can plant those seeds of truth in your heart and we can just lean into them and we can live by them. Enjoy. Hey friend, do you want to grow your online business and actually make more money? Are you sick of feeling pressure to constantly show up on social media or be tied to your phone 24 seven? Do you wish you had more time to be present with your kids without worrying about your business falling apart? There's a way to simplify and streamline so you can make money, grow your audience, and still have balance in your life and business. Hey, I'm Steph Gass, Christian business and podcast coach, boundary boss, and multi six-figure CEO. Want to learn how I did it? Go refill your iced coffee because I'm about to teach you how to take your online business to the next level with God at the center of it all. I pray this blesses you. Let's get it. Speaking of work, are you ready to grow a God-centered business that makes income and kingdom impact? Friend, hi, I'm so here for that. I want to be the coach and mentor to see you through to the next level in taking this dream, this vision, this tugging on your heart and making it into a real reality for you. 
I want you to go to stephaniegass.com slash school and see all the ways I can work for you, work with you, work for you. Yeah, basically, right? It doesn't matter if you don't have a business. I have Clarify Your Calling, which will help you get clear. If you have a business, but you haven't started your podcast, I want to free you from social media, from all of this driving and hustling and 37 million ways you're repurposing that aren't actually making a difference in the growth of your business and just exchange it all for utilizing podcasting as your platform. And I have a course, Podcast Pro University, for you. Now, those of you who are my podcasters and you want to have a simplified, streamlined, scalable business like I have, you're going to come into my six-month group coaching mastermind called Podcast to Profit. All of this, along with the roadmap to discern where you are in this journey, can be found at stephaniegass.com slash school. I also have two free workshops. If you're not ready to move forward and work with me yet, go and watch the workshops. I know that they will help you get super clear on what that next step might be and just give you some of that clarity and maybe some of that permission to go ahead and take some big leaps of faith right now. My clarity workshop is freeclarityworkshop.com. And my podcast workshop is podcastforgrowth.com. 40 minutes of your time. I promise you, it's super worth it. Lean in. Let's go. Hey, Jordan, welcome to the podcast. I'm so excited you're here. Stephanie, I'm thrilled to be here. Thanks for having me. Yes, I was just talking to you before we started about how I have all of your books and except the kids one, you have one. Oh my gosh, that's the best book. I know, I can't. I'm sending you a copy, don't worry. Okay. I have two little boys, nine and six. And so I'm obsessed with all books for kids in this area. So I've been reading call to create and I've been doing the word before work. And I'm so excited about the work that you are doing literally in the space of work. When we look at that biblically, can you tell us a little bit first before we dive in, who are you and how did you end up becoming an author and doing this? Cause that's not where you started out. Not at all. Um, so I spent the first 10 years of my career as a tech entrepreneur. Um, I had started and sold a couple of different companies and it was actually in the process of exiting that second venture, um, that we really find the origins of what I'm doing today and helping Christians connect the gospel to their work. So it's in the process of exiting this company. And when you sell two companies, you know, natural thing to do is you, go start third, right? So like that was the plan. Um, But for a hot second there, my wife and I were really seriously praying about starting a church Mm -hmm. because we went to church one Sunday and heard a very familiar sermon that I know most, if not all of your listeners have heard before. The sermon made me feel guilty. How dare I want to go start another business when there is a need for people to go move to mud huts 5,000 miles away from from home and change their vocation and their location in order to quote unquote, make disciples of all nations. Yeah. And so we're praying about these two paths. Do we go start another business? Do we go start a church? And a few weeks after that, uh, I had a godly mentor pull me aside after church on another Sunday. And he's like, Hey, I I hear you're thinking about planning a church. And I'm thinking this guy is going to like pat me on the back. Maybe write me a check. I don't know. (laughs) And he just like looks at me like square in the eyes. He's like, yeah, I got to be honest. That sounds really dumb for you right? Like, personally. I was like, what, Rick, what are you talking about? He's like, Jordan, you're a talented entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. You've served investors and your teams and your customers with excellence. Yeah. I've even seen you make disciples. Like what, 
why do you think you have to go start a church in order to do ministry? Like, don't you get that your work as an entrepreneur is ministry? Mm. And I looked at this guy like he had three heads. I was like, I literally have no construct for what you're talking about. I have no idea what you're talking about. So I said, do this. With the backdrop of this conversation in your mind, I want you to go read Genesis 1, which you probably read 300 times. Uh, through this lens and tell me what you see and what I saw changed my life forever. I saw that before God tells us that he is holy or loving or omnipotent, the very first thing God wanted us to know about him is that he is a God who creates. Mm -hmm. He is a God who is productive. He's a God who works, right? Yeah. And Long before he calls humankind to the great commission, he calls us to the first commission in Genesis 1, 26 through 28 to fill the earth and subdue it, right? Wayne, Wayne Grudem, the editor of the ESV Bible says this literally means, quote, to make the earth more useful for human beings benefit and enjoyment. And isn't that what I was doing as an entrepreneur? Right. Isn't that what our listeners are doing when they're trying to create courses and content and products and services that serve others, that love others as themselves through business? Yeah. And so long story, story short, I, I obviously didn't go start a church. <laughs> I, yeah. I went to go uh, run another tech startup for a while. Uh, and until I decided to fully commit to the work I'm doing today, the irony of that is not lost on me that now I... I guess you could make the case I'm in quote unquote full-time ministry, right. uh, encouraging other people not to leave uh, their vocations out in the world outside the four walls of the church. But that's that's the short version of that story. But isn't that how God works? Yeah. He's like, here, Jordan, I'll have you do all these amazing things as an entrepreneur and then still end up using you to share the word and to become yeah. what you're doing right now today. It's, it's so full circle. That's amazing. So you mentioned Genesis one. Yeah. Is this, cause I think the struggle that I know I faced as I was a business coach for a long time. And then, you know, my faith started to like seep out into my podcast. And I finally had this day where I'm like, I'm both, I'm sometimes a preacher and I'm sometimes a business coach. And we're just going to blend the two together and love me or leave me, you know? And so my students that go through and they're starting these online businesses, Jordan, I think the, the rub comes when they're like, some of them are not called at all to share their faith. They don't feel that they should be bringing their faith into their businesses and their messaging. You know, what, what do we say? And what do you have to say about that? Cause they feel, I hear that they feel guilty about it, or they feel like they're doing something wrong and they're not showing up for God as much as they could because they're a Christian. Oh. Gosh, I love this question. So here's what I would say. It's impossible not to, quote unquote, bring God into your business. Even when you are not explicitly um, sharing Jesus' name right, and explicitly preaching the gospel, you're still bringing God into the business and scratching off glimpses of the core values of the kingdom of God of love and peace and justice and shalom and cultural excellence, et cetera, et cetera. I think this question, I hear it so much from my readers, is really rooted in uh, a misunderstanding that the Great Commission to make disciples, to evangelize, to share the gospel, is the only commission that Christians are called to. Mm. And it's actually a very new idea in church history. Yeah. Prior to 200 years ago, Nobody in Christendom 
interpreted Jesus' words in Matthew 28 as the exclusive or even primary command of followers of Jesus, right? And there's lots of problems with making the Great Commission the only commission. One, Jesus never did, right? Right. Uh, But number two, it blocks our listeners from Mm -hmm. seeing the intrinsic value of their work. They understand that their work has instrumental value. Oh, I, I, I go to work and I work in the quote unquote marketplace so that I could share the gospel with my customers, right? And yes, like, I, I, listen, Great Commission is a non-optional command for followers of Jesus. Yeah. Your work does have instrumental value, but it also has intrinsic value mm-hmm. because in Genesis 1, when we look at God's original intent for the purpose of humankind, it was not to preach, but it was just to create mm-hmm. with excellence and love and in ways that are true to the quote unquote image of God we see in Genesis one, right? Our work has intrinsic value because it's the very thing God made us to do in Genesis one and fast forward all the way to the end of the story in revelation 22, contrary to our American caricature of heaven as a glorified retirement home on the new (laughs) earth, Mm -hmm. we will be reigning and creating and yes, working forever and ever and ever. And if that's true, if that's what God intended for us in the beginning and plans for us to do for eternity, the work you do today has intrinsic value, even when you're not explicitly mentioning Jesus' name. And I hope you are. I hope you get chances to do that. But listen, sure. most people aren't called to do that on their podcast or on their business website, right? Right. But man, if we ran our businesses with excellence and true love, Mm -hmm. oh, people would be asking us questions to which Jesus is the only answer, right? I I tell people, you know, Simon Sinek's book, Start With Why. Yeah, I don't don't know about that for Christ. I don't know about Christ followers leading with why in their Mm -hmm. marketing, leading with their why and making all the T's and their logos crosses. Yep. I think if we ran great businesses the way Jesus would run a business, we're going to have more opportunities than ever to talk about Jesus because people are going to beg us to tell them why we're doing the things the way that we're doing them. That's exactly right. And sometimes God needs people who are not fully out there screaming the name of Jesus to bring other people in who may actually be scared of that or go, Oh, she's not for me because she does talk about Jesus so much. So they come and why is your business so successful? And what's going on in your life? Your marriage looks so healthy. What are you guys doing? Those are the ways that we open up. Somebody once told me I was in a situation in my family where surrounded by non-believers and I'm like, I don't know what to do. I feel like I have to say something. You know, my dad was in the midst of passing away and I felt like I had to like forcefully make this conversation happen. And somebody told me just you being in the room is glorifying God. Like just be in the room and you don't have to say anything unless Holy spirit prompts. And that ended up being the perfect advice and the perfect thing. And I think I've taken that into the advice that I give everybody listening and the students, like just be who you are in Christ and do the work that you're called to do. And God's going to use that in whatever way. Yeah. That you do. yeah, totally. So, so 37, 23, so in 3723 says that the Lord directs steps of the godly and he delights in every detail of their lives. Yeah. In, in other words, you bring the father pleasure mm-hmm. anytime you obey his commands and his commands are legion, right? Like being in that room 
is loving your neighbor as yourself to be in that room when right. your father's passing away. Right. That has intrinsic value. Now we we can we can get into two ditches here. One ditch is believing our work always has to have instrumental value of explicitly preaching the gospel. I, mm-hmm. That's unbiblical. Mm-hmm. But so is the other ditch mm-hmm. of never leveraging our lives and our work to explicitly and boldly proclaim the name of Jesus. But in our increasingly post-Christian context, I think we need more Christians not leading with the fact that they're a Christian and all their marketing and all their things because it's going to turn off a whole lot of people and it's going to block a whole lot of unbelievers from wanting to work with us in the first place. Yeah, that's so powerful. So hearing all of that, you know, what do you say, Jordan, to people who say, okay, I am doing something in my work. I'm working a nine to five, but because I don't feel that I'm showing up in my faith or doing enough there. So I feel there's this, this person that says, I feel guilty because I'm not, or there's the person that says, I actually love my work. And so now I feel guilty because I shouldn't love my work because I actually feel that I should be glorifying God in a bigger way. Like how do we shift that mindset or those beliefs around what we think to be true? Yeah. I, I I think the only way we get there is recognizing that the work most of us are doing in the world. And there's some exceptions here, right? If you're peddling pornography now, yeah, yeah, you probably need a creature, but we get this, right? We understand these exceptions. Yeah. As long as your work, is genuinely contributing to the betterment of other human beings' lives. That is the very thing God created you to do in the beginning. There's this deep, 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 deep lie in the modern church that work comes onto the scene post-sin, post-Genesis 3. That's a lie straight from the pit of hell. God himself worked, created us to work in the beginning. And so there's creational goodness to the work all of us do outside of the church. That's the first thing I would say. Second, again, in our increasingly post-Christian cultural moment, the non-believers in this world are not darkening the doors of quote-unquote seeker-friendly churches to learn about Jesus for the first time. Mm-hmm. Maybe that was true 20 years ago, right? Yeah. Not true today. And so we have to bring the church to them. And you are the church marketing manager, entrepreneur, whatever your current job title is. We have to scatter more than ever. We need less religious, quote unquote, professionals than ever before. If we're going to be successful at the Great Commission, and if we're just going to be successful at making God's glory more visible in the world, right? The first, there's this brilliant scholar named Dr. Michael Green, wrote a great book called Evangelism in the Early Church. I did the hard work of reading the terribly academic uh, (laughs) books, right? So you don't have to. Here's the big, here's the big idea. In the first 300 years of church history, when Christianity exploded, Mm -hmm. 80% or more by Dr. Green's estimation of evangelism did not happen from pastors and religious professionals. It happened through mere Christians working as tent makers, working as entrepreneurs, and working outside the four walls of the synagogue and the local church. Right. That was true in the first 300 years of Christianity. I would argue it's it's certainly true today. It is going to be true for at least the next few decades. So embrace your role in the darkness, 
in dark industries because guess what jesus called us to be light and light doesn't make a dent in an already lit room mm. it lights up darkness it is characterized by what it's not in the contrast against darkness yeah. which is exactly why we need to be in these dark places that's so powerful so what do you say to the opposite this would be like yeah. me where i go yeah. oh my gosh i love to work i yeah. love to work and i'm called to work and i'm created to work and i'm a leader and a speaker and all these things but then there's a piece of me like, oh, you work too much, but yeah. I really don't like I'm balancing yeah. really well, but it's like this little, I feel like the lie comes in both directions. Like either you're not working the right way or you are yeah. working. You're literally in the call of your life, but yeah. you're now you're working too much or glorifying God in our work, like, like loving work for the right reasons, I guess. Yeah, no, it's, a, it's an excellent question. It's a really wise question. You yeah, listen, I, I think there's a, pri there's a, there's a fundamentally different heart posture between the person who loves their work for selfish reasons mm -hmm. and the person who loves their work because they believe it's a means of glorifying God, i.e. bringing God pleasure mm -hmm. right? and making, making him happy with the way that we're living our lives and doing our work and doing our work in ways that at, at, a, at a baseline level are in obedience to his commands, but even further than that, are a means of scratching off glimpses of what his kingdom looks like to those around us, right? And I think if that's your motivation, if your motivation is, no, I genuinely um, want to see God's will done in my office as it is in heaven. Yeah. I genuinely want to leverage my work as a means of sharing the gospel with the lost. I genuinely want my work to be a means of showing the world glimpses of justice and peace and love that are ultimately fulfilled in the kingdom of God. Mm -hmm. I think we should be incredibly ambitious for our work. Yeah. Right. By the I, way, work is one of the few things that God prescribes in significantly overbalanced doses, unbalanced doses, right? Mm -hmm. God worked six days and rested one, right? Valid. It's one of the few things that we are meant to take in significant doses, but the Christian Working in ways that glorify God's glorifies God will also rest, right? Yes, not because Sabbath absolutely. is commanded in the new covenant, it's not, but because it's an act of trust, it's an act of worship, it's a means of remembering that we are not God. And even when we stop working, He never does, and He keeps the world spinning without us. Yeah, that's so beautiful. And when we rest, it's also this beautiful gift that God just wants to give you to show you, like Jordan's saying, you know, you're trusting that everything is going to keep moving, but dropping into the gift of your life. Like yesterday or this weekend took completely off. My little boy learned to ride his bike. He just, it clicked for the first time. And Love I'm it. standing there and like, I can feel like the presence of heaven, just like drop into that moment. I'm like, oh, this is what heaven on earth feels like. And my son and I looked up. And I swear we saw Jesus face in the clouds. It was the eyes, the beard, the cute, like a little nose. And he's like, who's that? And I was like, it's Jesus watching you ride your bike, boo. And so like, if I was too busy or on my phone at the same time, like, I would have missed that just gift and that blessing. And yeah, it was one day out of my busy week. So just love that. So what is this? What are we working for? Let's talk about that a little bit, Jordan. Like we're here and we're working for the glory of God right now you know, to bring him pleasure. What can you talk to us about the eternal rewards and us working for what happens after we die? Like, yeah. let's go into that a little bit. Oh man, I'd love to. Um, first of all, I would say, even if all we do 
is bring God pleasure in the present and love our neighbors ourselves through the work. Mm-hmm. That's enough. Yeah. But because listen, we owe God everything, right? Like he doesn't owe us a thing, right? Right. But in his unbelievable goodness and grace, he holds out some pretty incredible promises of eternal rewards for mm-hmm. a life well lived and work well done. Right. Scripture talks about the obvious rewards that most people are familiar with of treasures and crowns. But scripture also talks about the fact that we will have varying job responsibilities when heaven and earth are fully married together on the new earth based on how we work in this life. Scripture even alludes to this idea that we might be rewarded with some of our work literally and physically. Lasting onto the new earth. See Isaiah 60 and Revelation 21. We could dig into that if you want, right? But I, I know so many Christians who feel so guilty about chasing after these treasures and crowns and eternal rewards. Let me give you three reasons why I think this is foolish and misguided. Mm. Three reasons I think we should be unashamedly chasing after eternal rewards. Number one, Jesus told us to like, <laughs> literally dozens of times, right? Yeah. I could sit here and take the next 10 minutes and just quote Verses where Jesus encourages followers to be motivated by rewards. I have this great quote I pulled up from uh, yeah. Dr. Randy Alcorn, who I love. Here's what he says. He says, quote, while it may sound selfish to chase after eternal rewards, it is Christ's command to us. So we should eagerly obey it. If we maintain that it's wrong to be motivated by rewards, we bring a serious accusation against Christ. And wow. he's right. Jesus yeah. told us to. That's the first reason to chase after rewards. Second, eternal rewards are almost always attached to tremendous sacrifice mm-hmm. in the present. And I think that's what we don't get. I, I, I don't think we we realize the trade-off that Jesus is asking us to make. Yeah. There's lots of things that rewards are triggered to. Here's there's a few. One, doing good to your enemies. Mm-hmm. Um, when somebody is... Um, wrongfully suing you and your business. Luke 6 says you're called to bless them, and if you do, you'll be rewarded. Uh, Luke 12 talks about giving to the poor and being rewarded. That's sacrifice. Jesus Again, in Luke 6, Jesus talks about enduring insults because of your allegiance to Christ. So when you boldly proclaim Jesus to a coworker or a client and they fire you, Yep. You're going to be rewarded for that. What's the point? The point is that these rewards are attached to sacrifice in the present, which is why I think in Revelation 22, Jesus says, I am coming soon bringing my recompense with me to repay everyone for what he has done. That's mm-hmm. the second reason why you chase after these rewards because yep. they're repayment for your sacrifice. And then finally, I would say this. The greater our reward, the greater God's glory in eternity, mm-hmm. right? At, at least on two levels. Like one, I think we're going to take most of these treasures and crowns and just throw them right back down at the feet of Jesus and praise. Yeah. But even if we keep some of them, even G- even if Jesus is like, no, 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 Stephanie, step out. I really want you to keep that piece of art that you made in the prior yeah. life. And I want you to hang it in your home on the new earth. Yeah. Every time you look at that on the new earth, it's going to be a reminder that whatever you sacrificed in the former life in order to earn that eternal reward was worth it because yeah. Jesus was better than whatever you gave up. So those are just three reasons why we should, I think, 
brazenly yeah. chase after rewards and eternity. It's so good. And I think the, the check there is constantly, does this glorify God? Am I yeah. being obedient to him? Am I trusting in him? If those are always, and am I loving my neighbor? Yeah. Like life can be so much more simple. Our work yes. can be so much more simple. Totally. Hold to these constants, you know? 100%. So good. We over we love overcomplicating things. We're Pharisees in our hearts, right? Like that's the tendency of so many of us. We love to overcomplicate things. Yeah. Yeah. It's Jesus just, is always coming back to simplicity. It's so yeah, it's so simplified. So I love this message. You know, God worked. So therefore, <laughs> we are to work. I love that we are to pour out no matter whether our work is secular or not. And I know you don't go by that word, right? Ooh. Secular? How oh, you want me to get on the soapbox? Yes. I hate this word. I understand it. Uh, listen, it. it's it's very helpful shorthand. Yeah. Uh, secular literally means without God. Mm. And as followers of Jesus, we believe that God is literally through the power of the spirit with us wherever we go. Right. right. And so the only thing you need to do to make your quote unquote secular workplace sacred only thing you need to do one thing walk through the front door log on to zoom yeah. and that secular workplace is instantly sacred because wow. everywhere you step believer is now holy ground think about this picture i love this picture in exodus moses sees the burning bush how does god appear he appears as a flame at pentecost and acts how does the holy spirit appear over believers okay. as fire as a flame and that flame where God said, Moses, take off your shoes, you're staying on holy ground, is in every single follower of Jesus Christ. Yep. And so there is no secular place in this world because everywhere we go, we are bringing God with us. And when we do our work with excellence and love and in accordance with his commands, we're doing sacred work wherever we are. I love that so much. So you go out and be bring the fire. Bring the fire. Bring the fire. Right? Bring the fire because you are literally... Holy Spirit walking into whatever it is that you do. So Jordan, talk to us about your books, your newest one, The Word Before Work. Yeah. I definitely think this will so bless my audience. And then um, tell us a little about the other books as well. I want everybody to just have a Jordan library like me so we can be <laughs> in the book club together. Yeah. So um, <laughs> yeah, The Word Before Work is a pretty, was a pretty special project. Uh, I, I went, I've read my Bible cover to cover a few times, but this is the first time I read it cover to cover, only looking for what God's word had to say about work. And I found more than a thousand passages that treat this topic. Yeah. It's actually mentioned more than music and singing and praise all combined. It's crazy. Wow. Um, and yeah, so so basically it's a it's a Monday through Friday devotional uh for an entire year, 260 entries. And they're really short, two minutes a piece to help you connect God's word to whatever it is you do vocationally today. Uh, and so um, basically everything that we've talked about so far uh, in this show is found in the pages of that book, The Word Before Work. Uh, the book before that um, was this super fun project. Uh, it's a it's a children's book, but I, it's a little unfair to call it a children's book. I told my publisher I wanted the book to be like a Pixar movie yeah. uh, that made five-year-olds gleeful and make 55 year olds weep oh, and thanks I love to that. uh thanks to our illustrator i think we like nailed that it's it's basically a 
it's a retelling of Genesis one. Um, but unlike every other children's book I've ever read about Genesis one that treats the sixth day as the end of creation, mm. I believe I'm doing the biblical text justice in treating the sixth day as the beginning of creation because day six is when God passed the baton in this largely blank canvas called earth over to his kids and told them to create and fill it and subdue it and reflect his glory as they did. So that's the creator and you super fun project. Uh, Maybe my most popular book is a book called redeeming your time uh, that tries to help readers apply the gospel to this perennial uh, challenge of time management and specifically managing our time the way Jesus managed his. So I Mm -hmm. looked at the gospels which we forget our biographies of the life of Jesus of Nazareth uh, and pulled out these seven timeless time management principles from the life of Christ and then connected them to 32 wicked practical practices to help us implement those principles today. That's redeeming your time. Master of one is a book about excellence. It's a book about focus. It's a book about calling um, and really a strategy for fulfilling. I believe the biblical mandate to pursue excellence in all things. Uh, including our vocations. That's Master of One. Maybe we probably get more life-changing notes from readers about that book than any other. And the first book is called To Create, which we were talking about before, Mm -hmm. uh, a biblical invitation to create, innovate, and risk, really written for Christian entrepreneurs specifically, right? All the other books. I'm loving it. Loving To Create so much. I can't wait to read the rest. Yeah, I mean, that's probably the most relevant book to this audience all the other books are relevant to any christian professional regardless of vocation but in call to create it was really me i I wrote the book for me and others like me who are first and foremost uh at least vocationally entrepreneurs and so Mm -hmm. that's the book for you oh my gosh you guys are gonna love it and he's right the word before work so i've been sitting down and before i open the laptop I'll just quickly do the devotional for that day and it's like two minutes and i'm telling you every time I'm like, oh, I'm like highlighting that I'm sending screenshots to my team. I'm like, you guys. And then everybody had to buy the book because it's so good. And I love that it's concise. You can get into it and really get something out of it right away before you go dig into your day. So I just recommend all of it. I'm going to get the kids one too. I can't wait. I'm sending you one. I'm going to sign it, dedicate it to your boys. We we got it. Perfect, Jordan. Thanks. So any last, you know, word of encouragement or word of wisdom that you have for This woman listening right now, who's going, I know I am called to do this work. I know I'm doing this for the glory of God, but it feels hard. It feels like the world's against me. It feels like, I don't know if I'm successful or I'm doing this right. You know, what's on your heart to share with her. And then lastly, where can they come connect with you? Yeah. I think this is like one of the great tensions for Christians who are motivated by, um, using our work to glorify God. Because when that's your motivation, I I actually think that makes you more ambitious for the work than ever before. Even way more so than when your own success and 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 fame and fortune were the motivation. Because God's glory is the only sustainable fuel in right. the world. And wow. so I think that I think the challenge for that person though is feeling this need to um do more and more and more and succeed and crush their to-do list because their motives are right and they know that their work honors the Lord. Here's what I would tell you. God calls us to the pursuit of excellence and never the attainment of excellence. Mm. Look at the parable of the talents. 
right? Mm -hmm. When he criticized the third servant, he didn't say, hey, how did I can't believe you didn't produce a hundred percent return like servants number one and two. He didn't say that. He admonished the third servant for not even trying. Right. Right. God never commands an attainment of excellence in our work. He commands that we pursue excellence in all things for the glory of God and the good of others. And he's honored and pleased simply in the striving, right? God doesn't need you to finish your to-do list. If the things on your to-do list are on God's to-do list, he's going to finish them with or without you, yes. right? <laughs> and that is tremendously freeing and liberating. No, I could do the work. I could do it to the best of my ability, but I can rest knowing that it's not the fruitfulness that God cares about. It's the faithfulness mm -hmm. to steward the talents he's given me to the best of my ability. That is That's amazing. That's so good. I took 50 pages of notes. <laughs> <laughs> I love this conversation so much. Jordan, where can everybody come get more of this amazingness? I know you have yeah. a podcast and some other fun stuff. Tons of free content at jordanrainer.com, including a weekly devotional and the Mere Christians podcast and links to all the books. All the things are at jordanrainer.com, J-O-R-D-A-N-R-A-Y-N-O-R.com. Thank you so much for coming on and blessing my audience today. Hey, thank you, Stephanie. Did you have fun or learn something? Leave mama a review. Quitty, please. I hope you loved today's episode, friend. I pray it stretched you, challenged you, or grew you in some way. If so, would you stop right now and share this episode with someone else who's been praying for a business breakthrough? It would also bless me big if you'd take 30 seconds and leave a review for the show on Apple Podcasts. Lastly, come watch my free workshop where I'll teach you how to grow your online business in less than two hours a week using podcasting. Watch right now at podcastforgrowth.com. I'll see you in a few days. God bless.